0: Greetings. I'm Tyler, and this is the Socialized Recluse. My guest this time is my first return guest, Christina Rice, author of the must-read Anne Dvorak, Hollywood's Forgotten Rebel, and Mean, Moody, Magnificent: Jane Russell and the Marketing of a Hollywood Legend. So before Christina and I even decided to do this first, in, the first interview about her books on Anne and Jane, um, we had reconnected over like a small little thing I had just hurled onto the interwebs about rewatching. The Godfather that I was watching it for my, with it was with my wife's first time seeing the trilogy and so we found out about our shared obsession with the films and decided that we would talk about it and the original plan was that the first interview would include that discussion but there is just too much to cover on on both conversations so we decided to split it up and record The Godfather at a later date and welcome to that later date uh so spoilers if you have not seen a classic half century old film that redefined cinema the crime epic um family drama you name it um read the book or have seen all or all of the films really including part three which i do talk about and yes i do like part three so let's just get that out of the way right now um But instead, you should, instead of listening to us talk, no matter how great we may be, you really should go watch the films and read the book, and then come back and listen to us chat about it. As ever, if you'd like to shout, scream, swear, say hi, or otherwise, my email is tww at parentheticalrecluse.com, and you can check out earlier episodes of this show, including part one of our interview, at parentheticalrecluse.com slash tsrpod. And now... Here's our conversation about The Godfather.
1: It, it is, I, you know, I, this was a film, like I watched it when I was in my 20s. I watched it at the very least once a year, but I would usually watch it multiple times. And I actually hadn't watched it, gosh, I watched it with my daughter, um, Last month, and that was the first time I'd watched it in probably close to fifteen years. So like, wow. once I got married, once I got married, I just didn't have as much yeah yeah no, had time to just watch The Godfather all the time. Um, so I was actually so you what's know, the point I knew, in getting I
0: mean, married if you can't watch The Godfather? If
1: you time. can't watch, I know, I know, and my husband loves the movie as well. well. There you go, um, you're set. Though. Yeah, but you know, but I was a little bit hesitant because I, I hadn't seen it in so long, and I and and I, but I knew I needed to watch it again because we would we were going to be chatting at some point. But I just thought, oh, God, what what if I watch this movie and it's not as good? You know, maybe it really. And that that was just complete nonsense. It's amazing. (laughs) It's
0: absolutely amazing. I always find like I, I always find something new, like every time there's always something to be found in it. That's just, you know, you don't notice it the first time because you're just sort of, you know, either you're at a different point in your life when you see it or you are just so swept up in the story
1: absolutely well and this was the first time i had watched it as a parent i'm and sure so, that was a different a per- it was abs- it was so different it was so different and just the 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 well the the main thing was when um when vito takes santino's corpse to to the undertaker you know and he's and he's crying over him you look how they massacred my boy i was like uncontrollably like (laughs) sobbing i was like just ugly crying which i you know i'm sure i get a little bit choked up when i was younger i was just like audibly just like wailing
0: that that one hit that this time really i mean that was i i think it might have had to do you know this is i knew your santino love and that we'd be taught that, I'm I'm already planning on giving you like the last half of this episode just to extol the virtues of Santino. Um, but yeah, that just that that part just killed. I mean, yeah. It, I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not a parent, but I, maybe just that I'm older. I don't know. I I I thought for me it was just yeah, it just hit. I don't know.
1: It did. I don't know. Maybe because we are that much closer <laughs> to our own mortality. <laughs> that's why yeah. I mean, I I think
0: I think that's part of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, our our our, you know, it was like Vito said. You know, I didn't have enough. We didn't. I didn't have enough time. Yeah. You know, with that scene with Michael. Uh, but um. So I mean, I I do I before we go any further here, though, I need to rip the Band-Aid off, right okay. away, and and let you know that this so. I have seen the trilogy countless times, but this was to prep for this, was the first time I read the book.
1: Oh, okay. I, mean, I
0: had read, um, like, I think, like, didn't like a few like other authors take a crack at doing sequels and like the knots and stuff? There were a couple like The Godfather Returns or something. I, I think I read that one. But um, this g- gave me like a new life goal reading this was that mm-hmm. I'm going to invent a time machine. So I can go back and be in the room when Coppola and Puzo were adapting the book and turning it into the screenplay and the scene of Lucy Mancini's um, <laughs> um, surgery came up. <laughs> I, I wanted to be a fly on the wall because I just like imagine like this creative war going on of Coppola being like, no, it has nothing to do with the core of family and Puzo. You know, it's essential. It has to be in there. So I guess, you know, thanks for preparing me. For that
1: uh, yeah isn't it isn't it fun so actually yeah you know, i mean i i read the book you know years and years ago um and so actually in, in preparation for our conversation today i reread it oh nice and i like i remembered that like description of the surgery going on for like chapters and yeah. it's actually just a couple of pages but it
0: seems <laughs> just, like it takes forever
1: it's the most detailed <laughs> it's so detailed
0: and i mean and there um, are some lines for the ages in there that yeah. I just was like, I cannot believe I'm reading this. And further, is like, how how did he think this was a good idea?
1: You know, all I can think of. Oh, and for I mean, for people listening, if they're not familiar, you know, Lu- Lucy Mancini, who who you know, Sunny has um, is having a fling with. You know, at, at the beginning of the movie during Connie's wedding, and then you see her later on, and ultimately, you know, by the third movie, she's the the mother of. Um,
0: of the new dawn
1: yes of the new dawn she she she's um (laughs) oh i don't even she she has a very big vagina i guess you can just say like she, she 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 well, and, and and she yeah. ends up having like construct, and that's why her and Santino get along so well because he is very well endowed. Yes. Um. And and you know, ultimately, she she meets a doctor in Vegas, and he says, "No, this is just a medical condition, and you can have a procedure done." All I can think of is Puzo must have just found out about it and was fascinated with it and yeah. decided to include. That has to be it. He had but, to have just found out about it, like while he was in the middle of.
0: I need a new scene. Qu- this, you know. Yeah. I have a yeah, page but, and a half to kill.
1: And it's detailed. Like I you know, I mean, did Poozer read medical journals? Like That's what it read time? like. It absolutely <laughs> reads like that. It is the weirdest thing. I know and, and, and that's always just my, my you know, my my biggest takeaway from that book. It's just a thing that has stuck <laughs> with me more than anything.
0: So what um, we are doing now is a public service to people who decide to read the book after they listened if they even get past this section of the episode. Yeah.
1: Just know there's going to be two, like, at least, I think it's like two full pages of, like, in-depth vaginal reconstructive yeah, surgery and, description.
0: Yeah. Yes, and it is, and yes, he covers the gamut from carpentry to medical journal. I mean, it yes. really is, it really is a remarkable section. But I will say, though, what I did like, love about the book, other than some of his lines, Was that it really expanded some of those characters? Lucy Mancini included. You know, it you learned more about them. Um, You know, like Johnny Fontaine. I love the stuff with him.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it takes such a deep dive yeah. into Johnny Fontaine's character. So, yeah, it, it you, you do understand so much more about the movie by reading the book. Yeah. I, I think it, it, it is a fantastic adaptation, though. I think that they, mm. for, the, for the movie, they really did cut kind of a lot of the fat out of the book for the screen. Yeah. Um, but they leave in there's so many subtle things they leave yep. in that if you haven't read the book you really kind of have you, you're really not wise to it yep. but it still doesn't leave you lost while watching the movie there's just little things
0: yeah um, um i mean i, I like the, the thing that stuck out to me was like the description of of santino being his father's bodyguard and but then moving that in the film to part three with Vincent playing that same role for Michael. Um, they they transplanted a lot, at least in my reading of it, of Sonny's backstory to Vincent.
1: They did. Yeah, they really did because you don't get a whole lot of Sonny's backstory. You, you never do in the film. Right.
0: And I I actually read like James Conn was really pissed that like a lot of his like the depth of his stuff was cut out of the final film. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and have you ever watched the Godfather saga?
0: I haven't. No.
1: <laughs> and that. So the Godfather saga was was you know this this made for TV cut of parts one and two where they recut them in chronological order. You know, which, like, essentially is really silly. Yeah. You know, so they're, they're, ta- they're taking all of the um, De Niro stuff from part two and putting it at the beginning. And, you know, and it's just a really silly way to watch part two. Um, but they did put in um, quite a few of, of James Con scenes oh, okay. were restored for, for that. And just briefly, I, I, I don't know what this says about me, but one of the most memorable days of my life was when I was in college. I worked at a grocery store. And anybody who's worked retail knows that you, you, when you're sick, you still go in, you never call in sick for your retail job. And so one morning I woke up and I was so sick. I was like deathly ill. And I knew I like visibly looked so bad that they would send me home. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, I'm going to go in. And I knew as soon as I got sent home, I was going to stop off at this independent video store, straight arrow video on the way home. And I knew it was a great video store that was like very curated and had cinephiles running it. And they had that Godfather saga on VHS. So, okay. And I'm like, they're going to send me home from work and I'm going to have this whole day to myself. And so they did. And I checked out the Godfather saga and I sat on the couch for like seven hours <laughs> straight.
0: That sounds like the perfect sick day
1: it was the greatest sick day i have ever had and ever and yeah and and they did add you know like not like a ton of of james con but there is like a lot of extra james con in the godfather saga so which made you only... thrilled i was thrilled yeah, yeah it is the only it's the only reason to actually sit through that 7 hours so like, <laughs> it's so more occasional. james con it's for more james con yes
0: <laughs> i i can un- i understand that i do uh so i mean like so what was your, like, you said that you saw the movie first in college, right? I mean, what was that? No, or... I did
1: see it. No, I saw it earlier than that. Like, my, my, my very, very first introduction to the film was probably when I was about eight years old. My okay. parents were watching it one night. And so I just wandered out into the living room and just sat down and started watching it with them. And the scene I sat down to watch was when... um Connie and Carlo have their big fight, you know, where she's pregnant and you know she's throwing dishes around. Yep. And then he finally goes in the bathroom and like beats the hell out of her.
0: That's a brutal then, scene.
1: It is a brutal scene. Oh. And then right after that, it's when, Sonny gets, <laughs> when
0: Sonny gets shot,
1: Yeah, he gets shot. And I watched those, you know, those two scenes. That's probably like a good 10 minutes or so. And then I got up and went <laughs> right back into my room. Um, no, so I watched it. When, like when I was in high school, because okay. by the time the because th- the, the third one came out, I think when I was a sophomore in high school, and by that time I had seen it. So, um, yeah, so I did see it when I was in high school, and by the time I got to college, um, I I just went on this like major james kit. i just love james Con. he is my favorite actor and so it's like in in my 20s i think was when i just really developed a, an extreme appreciation for the godfather and read the book and just started watching the movies um frequently
0: so that was that, that was kind of the start of the obsession was college the, the first time was when you're eight or ten but the start of the obsession was college
1: yeah, it was college, and yeah. I felt in slash of Guns and Roses. Um, it, it was his favorite film, so that probably would have been oh, another reason why. It. Why in high school I did feel obligated to watch it. Of course, um, okay. yes, yeah. I
0: got you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I was about. The, I it was college for me too, and then, oh, you know, I probably a good fifteen years then before I watched it again. Um, but it was it was with with my my wife had never seen them, so that was mm-hmm. that was when we, watched, and then she was like. She had also never seen the Star Wars movies either, and and so when I started, we started watching those. She's like, "Can we watch another one? Can we watch?" Another? I was like,
1: "Yes." You know? Oh, so she did like the Star Wars movies. She
0: loved the Star Wars movies.
1: That's interesting because I, like in my experience, it seems like people who either didn't see the first Star Wars when it came out or didn't see it as a kid, generally don't like it. I feel like it's hard for adults to go into star wars so Uh, that's really nice to hear yeah
0: she is full tilt i mean we have a grogu shrine i mean (laughs) (laughs) um yeah oh yeah she's full tilt on star i think we started watching both of that so it was like star wars and the godfather and we'd switch back and back and forth between them um but yes so well what what, 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 what,
1: what did she think of the godfather she loved it yeah
0: oh yeah so
1: so so you are somebody who has watched part three multiple times yes because i have to admit i I've, i saw it when it came out in the theaters and then i watched it when it came out on home video yeah and i've not seen it since <laughs> so it's probably, i probably haven't seen it in like 30 years have
0: you so you haven't seen the new cut of it that he did
1: i have i have not okay now.
0: um so i i have always kind of viewed part three as kind of like the fifth season of the wire is that it is not a great Godfather movie, but it's still a good movie.
1: Okay.
0: That said, the whole Vatican, you know, whatever that company was, that stuff didn't make any sense to me. It still doesn't make any sense to me. I've been trying to make sense of it for twenty <laughs> years, and I still can't. I don't understand <laughs> it. Um, but um, but yeah, no, and I, I, and Kate disagrees with me on this I did not think Sophia Coppola was terrible in it okay because she didn't have a lot to work with to begin with and then again I think we've talked about it before too is that none of the women in the Godfather movies had much to work with unfortunately yeah mm-hmm. um, but I mean for for what purpose she filled which was to make you believe that her death would kill Michael? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did it. And I mean, to fall in love with Andy Garcia, that's not hard. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'll I have, a man crush on Andy Garcia. It's easy to yeah. fall for Andy Garcia. Um, But yeah, I don't dislike part. I don't hold part three with the same disdain that a lot of people do.
1: Okay. I, I probably need to revisit it because it's it worth has it. It's worth time.
0: It's worth I mean, George Hamilton still sucks. He's no Robert Duvall, obviously.
1: Yeah, uh, that is a failing.
0: It's <laughs> that's just, a massive fail.
1: Like, give, like, just give, give Duvall the money. Just give him yeah, the money. Just give him,
0: like, what? Yeah. Don't pay him what you paid him in the 70s. It's Duvall. Pay him to come back. I don't, you know.
1: Just, just pay him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And, I mean, I, yeah, I I it it is not without its problems. Okay.
1: Um I will I I will I will rewatch that with an open mind.
0: Yeah, I mean that like don't go in with any expectations of, you know, be having oh, your mind I... ha, don't go in ha, expecting to have your mind changed.
1: Oh, believe me, I won't. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> don't. Um because it probably won't change it, but I I'm like I said though, I have always liked I have always not I have let me rephrase that. I have always not disliked part three.
1: Okay.
0: Um, but yeah, no, I've never I, I it is it's not I don't think it's as bad as it's made out to be. I, I just yeah. think it was it got the, the unfair shake because it's not as great as the other two and it was kind of read in as a cash in, you know, is when it came out. So Yeah.
1: It was it was never you know, but it was it was just never going to be that. So I think it was always at a at a disadvantage. So
0: well yeah, I mean it, it was screwed from the start, I think.
1: It was, absolutely. Yeah.
0: It, but so you had said this time though, you know, seeing it as a parent, um, I mean obviously that was something different for you, but what else did you pick up on this time through it? Through The Godfather?
1: Oh, watching it this time, yeah. I mean What did I mean? I think the thing that is always so impressive about the film is that it has so much humanity that these are these are people doing really horrible things. and yet you do have so much sympathy and so much admiration for them, and that was something I thought I wouldn't have, like being old. Because you know, like you, know, when you're in your 20s, and oh, it's you know the you know it's it's glam, the glamorous gangsters, and mm-hmm. um, but I think that's just a testament to just how well thought out and executed these characters are, that that didn't change for me. And I kind of expected it to like, Oh, these are going to be, you know, like I shouldn't love Santino that much. I mean, that, that's like not somebody I would ever want to date or I'd ever want my daughter dating, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, I, I just, I, I think these characters just, they, they resonate as strongly for me as they did when I was in my twenties. Yeah. And I absolutely was not expecting that, you know, and it's also amazing how, how much, Stuck with me, And I don't know if it's just that my brain was able to absorb a lot more when I was in my 20s or, you know, if, if it's just that it, it made that big an impression on me. But as we're watching this film, you know, and my daughter is 11. And so we had to constantly pause it to explain stuff to her. And I was like, just amazed how much I remembered from the film, but also from the book that I was able to just pull from the book and explain, okay, well, this is what Salazzo is and why he's doing this and that. And, um, so yeah, I, I was you know because there are movies that I saw two weeks ago and I couldn't tell you anything about and yet you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could tell you know and even and if even I think even if I, cause I you know I did reread the book um, recently but I think even if I hadn't read the reread the book even if I hadn't watched the movie I think I could still have like this very informed discussion um, mm-hmm. you know and also and I'm not you know as much as I love movies I'm not a big fiction reader. Okay. I really never have been, um, but God, I love this book. Like I do, like yeah. Lu- Lucy Mancini's Lu- Lucy Mancini. <laughs> vagina aside, um, it, it is it is an incredible book, and and it, you know and you can see why it was that popular. Yeah, you know why it was just an absolute like cultural you know phenomena from from the get go.
0: Yeah, I mean, how many weeks was it on the bestseller list? I mean, it was like insane. It was like yeah, sixty some weeks at least. Yeah. I I think for me it was these little details that I I I have just been paying attention to the oranges. <laughs> I didn't notice until this time that Tessio is the first one to eat an orange.
1: Oh, I had not noticed that.
0: Yes, and I, I I had thought I was like, well, this would be really cool if like he's the last one killed. Now Carlo was, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tessio was the next to last. But, you know, things like that. And then I, you know, I knew like going back to part three again, I I can't believe I'm talking about part three this much. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, when Michael has his his hypo and, you know, he's saved by orange juice, he's literally saved by death.
1: That's right. Oh, I forgot all about the oranges. forgot about the oranges
0: yeah everybody who you know they always have the oranges around if they're gonna they die have
1: the oranges that's so it's kind of like their version of the X's in the 1932 yes. scarface
0: yes exactly mm-hmm. um you know and you know vito had the oranges in his mouth when he killed over
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: um now, go ahead oh no but just like i had mentioned before but i do but the little touches that they left in um that are from the book so like when michael's in sicily and he's constantly he has a handkerchief and is dabbing his nose because he he had this like sinus drip because after getting slugged by mccluskey and not having you know proper medical care and that was something that that they just left in and it doesn't you know and if you don't know it doesn't matter and then there's there's references to the, the the negotiator and that's you know in the book there's this whole backstory of the sicilian family who was you know kind of like not not savvy enough to to be a powerful family, but had this little you know empire of of letting themselves be taken hostage <laughs> during negotiations <laughs> between the other families. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, I remember them now. That yeah, I, yes, those two guys are great.
1: Yeah. The negotiators. Um, so I just love that, you know, even like when, when Kay, when, when Michael's in Sicily and in the movie, Kay goes to, to the compound and Tom meets her and there's a bombed out car, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just, and that is something that happens in the book. Like there mm-hmm. is, you know, like a, a bomb is planted in the car and that they just kind of have it there in the background. And oh, that that's was an so accident nonchalant about it.
0: You, and you yeah. Said, yeah. That
1: was an accident. It was, yeah, it was a bomb.
0: Well, when, when, um, about the handkerchief, when when Michael went to Vegas and met Fredo, and Fredo just said, oh, look at your face, you guess have gotten a good doctor. I'm like, it's the guy who worked on Lucy Mancini. <laughs> yes, it is. He, the <laughs> man can do everything. He can fix everything. Absolutely everything. <laughs> Nails into, studs into a two-by-four. <laughs> but all those little details are just... Absolutely insane. Um, I one thing about the book that I I, I keep meant, meaning to bring up is is McCluskey. I really liked how much they expanded him. Oh yeah. I mean he, you know, and then reading it, it was like you could not have picked a better McCluskey than Sterling Hayden.
1: Oh how incredible is he? Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. That was incredible. He, yeah.
1: You know, and that was my introduction to him as an actor was that film.
0: I think it was um, mine too.
1: Yeah, I think probably for most people, like under a certain age, it, it was the introduction. So absolutely. Well, yeah, you just you get background on him. You get background on, you know, the heads of the five families that kind of make an appearance. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you really know nothing about them in the film other than you know a little bit of Tattaglia and, and Barzini. But you just, yeah, it, it is really just such a whole, um, you know, fleshed out world.
0: So let's get a little controversial here then. If we get more than Lucy Mancini. um, What was, what to you is the most overrated part of this movie?
1: What's overrated?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh. I don't, I don't know. Do you think there's anything overrated about this
0: film? I will say there was one, and this is the first time I noticed it. And I may just have been looking for something. And I hate to say it, but Brando in the first half. Really? I love him, and I special uh-huh. in the second half after he is shot. It is one of the best performances on film.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But before, I just it it just it didn't something just felt off. It didn't feel as naturally grounded as everyone else did, as everything else did
1: i i don't i, I don't I, I don't know if i have the ability to be that objective with this film
0: <laughs> well it it wasn't it. it was not easy for me and i yeah. i had to i wanted i genuinely wanted to like sit down and come up with something and this may just be me you know having a pissing yeah. match at the screen but yeah
1: um
0: but i mean i guess though like when you saw it, you know when it first came out if there was only part one you know, there mm-hmm. part two hadn't been made. Sure, Brando is spectacular in it. Mm-hmm. Um again though, the second half, it is utter heartbreak. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is so good in that. But, you know, the, the that first half uh, there it, it he he was much better to me as the fallen scion mm-hmm. th- than he was near top i mean he was still on the decline a little bit but he was still at the top of his game in that beginning
1: mm-hmm.
0: he i just felt like he had more to do more to work with in that second half
1: i mean that that's probably fair i think he does and there's more like pathos yeah um but i i i, I love him well yeah <laughs> I love him I, so much yeah i mean that that I, scene I, when yeah. when
0: michael saves him in the hospital and he tells him, yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Pop. And he just has that one tear. One tear. I mean, Jesus. Ugh. I mean, that just yeah. killed me.
1: Yeah.
0: And then the scene we talked about, you talked about earlier, you know, that's my boy. Well, look what they did. Yeah. To my boy. Yeah. And when he learns that Michael's the one who killed Salazzo and McCluskey.
1: How he's just, yeah, how, how, like the wind just is sucked out of him.
0: Yeah. Like all he can do is just move that hand just a little bit. Yeah. And it speaks volumes. It's incredible. But Yeah. Um okay, so then i I'll, I'll go on possibly an easier one here most okay. underappreciated aspect of it other than sunny because like I said I'm so we're, we're at 33 minutes and I'm going to give you, you can take four hours if you want to uh,
1: sunny although I, I think sunny was 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 very very well appreciated yes yeah <laughs> I don't know I mean. You know, I, I hope people appreciated Duval because I like, yeah. like we said, I think that, you know, I think if people didn't appreciate him as much as they should have, they would certainly notice by part three. Yeah. Um,
0: go, go watch part three and George Hamilton. You'll love Robert Duvall.
1: Yeah. And you'll just <laughs> see how much. Um, yeah, you'll see how much he, he really contributes to it. Um yeah, I don't gosh. I mean, I I think the the film was so like I I don't think it was loved too much. I don't think it was loved too little.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, I I mean, it, it's one of those films that I just think every performance is is just so mesmerizing. Um, That you know, yes, they had great material to work with, but you know, it's like this and *Streetcar Named Desire*. I think are just two of my absolute favorite films, just in terms of sheer like performances. That that is just a group of people that are just you know firing on all cylinders. It's one of
0: the best casts ever assembled.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and just in Pacino, how subtle he is.
0: Oh, I. And he, just
1: he yeah. he, is, he, is, he is not the Pacino we think about now.
0: Yeah, he's not, he's, he's not uh, the post heat, or no, post son of a woman Pacino.
1: Po- post son of a woman. <laughs> yeah. Post
0: Oscar Pacino.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you think there are aspects of the film that are kind of underrated or underappreciated? Yeah, the,
0: the one that I picked up on, and this was more that I underappreciated. Mm hmm was the villainy of, of Salazzo mm,
1: and just mm-hmm. how
0: good Leterri was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just was like, oh, that dude, you know, when he had Tom Hagen in that diner, mm-hmm. that shit was terrifying. Yeah. I was like, and I you could see it in Duvall's face. And yeah. How, well, because I think like when whenever anyone talks about the Godfather, we're always talking about the Corleones and rightfully so. But, in order for somebody to bring the Corleones to their knees, they have to mm-hmm. be real bastards mm-hmm. And I mean, Salazzo definitely McCluskey, mm-hmm. um you know barzini i I did th- all of those guys, and I really thought that 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 their villainy and just how awful they were,
1: yeah, but, and I think there 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 is always the potential to be exaggerated, you know, yeah, and they're not.
0: No, not at all. And then, um, I then then on the on the good side, the, well, the one thing that always grows in appreciation that I always, I just love Clemenza, and I just love Clemenza more every yes. time I see it.
1: I love Clemenza, and it's like, oh, why why did you think you deserved that much more money in part two that they yeah. just kill, that they just killed you? <laughs> you yeah. were very easily just, you know, killed.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he had his family, and then he died.
1: He had his family and then he died. They all they all wore wrists. Yeah, they, they all wore armbands and that was it. Because that actor just thought he deserved too much money. <laughs>
0: they probably spent more on the armbands than they would have had to pay him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but Clemenza. No, and, and Abe Vigoda as Tessio. You yeah. know, it yeah. Oh, yeah. It is it is truly just a seventies masterpiece.
0: <laughs> it is. And and then just to think, I mean, like Coppola went from The Godfather to The Conversation to The Godfather Part Two. I mean, that's yeah. that's amazing.
1: It is. Oh my God, yeah.
0: And I, I still, I mean, going back though to Pacino is, I just every time I see it, it's just how good he was.
1: Oh, he's so, this just right before he he kills Saloza McCluskey. Yes. And you just you know. Oh, my God. Well, what he is just doing with his face is just incredible.
0: But wasn't that, I mean, I knew, like, there was a ton of, you know, they wanted Pacino gone. They didn't want Pacino at all, the, the producers. Oh, I
1: think they, like, wanted Ryan O'Neill for the part.
0: And Robert Redford at one point.
1: Yeah, they wanted to, like, pass him off as Northern Italian.
0: Yeah, so. and, then, and, and then James Caan was, uh, auditioned for Michael.
1: Yeah, he did. Um, well, and De Niro, and De Niro, De Niro auditioned did. for Santino. yeah. yeah.
0: But it worked out how it had to work out. But um, Oh, thank goodness. But I think th- I had read that that scene was like the day that the producers or whatever came in on set when Michael, when Pacino was doing that scene. And they're like, okay, he's fine.
1: Yeah. Oh Yeah, I think he was waiting to be fired every day. Yeah. And then after that, yeah, he was good.
0: But just, I, I really picked up, though, on just the menace of him. By mm-hmm. the end of just like, shit, you know, this guy is I mean, going from the wedding to the final scene is just incredible. That, that's why to me, I, I I love part two, but I part one holds a special place for me.
1: Absolutely. Oh, for, for me, too. And I know, you know, and I know most people would argue that you know part two is the superior film. It maybe it is, but yeah, you know, same, same with Empire Strikes Back. Like, I'll I'll concede that Empire Strikes Back's you know a, a better movie than the first yeah. Star Wars, but I just have so much affection sure. for the first Star Wars as well as the first Godfather. Well, you know, and and there's you know, and there's you know, very 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 little Santino in Part Two. So.
0: <laughs> well, yes, you you were just waiting for that dinner scene at the end for for Santino. Uh, to show. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh
1: yeah, I I think I wore out yeah the the VHS tape rewinding and watching that one it's like two minutes
0: so i mean if any time is as good as any tell <laughs> me about the sunny love here where, where? Well,
1: I, I don't even know where it like he is so goddamn charming and again yeah. like this is a character who is like short-tempered and murderous and adulterous and awful and just you know and, and when you read the book, I mean, it, it does read like it was written for James Con.
0: Yeah. Like you, you can't see anyone else in the roles.
1: No, it was just absolutely just perfect. So no, just from, I was just always so completely balled over by him. And like I said, when I was in my twenties, I went through this like absolute James Con phase. So, you know, in college during the summer when I didn't have class, I would just try to watch every single movie of his. <laughs> And, you know, when you watch his body of work, you know, I think people just tend to think of him as Santino. And I think, you know, later on in his career, he does tend to play these really tough guys. Um, Didn't he he do that one
0: show of, like vegas or something wasn't he? yeah
1: yeah like yeah yeah, yeah. He, he played just like this really you know rough and tumble guy and i think that's i don't know kind of how he comes across in real life but you you watch you know the, these other films that he was making in the 60s and 70s and i think he's so underrated and has he so is. much range um like one of my absolute favorite movies of all time is cinderella liberty with Marsha Mason, and it's the, it's the opposite of Santino Corleone, or if you've seen, like, The Rain People, um, you know, or Brian's song, and he just has so much range, but I think his his just charisma and his personality, my God, just jumps off the screen um, when he's sunny.
0: Yeah. Well, my other favorite James Conn is Thief.
1: Oh, God, I love Thief so much. Thief is so oh, good. Oh, my God, I love Thief. <laughs> Yeah. yeah oh my god yeah it, it, but if you see oh god like he's in funny lady <laughs> with barbara streisand he is um which is like a sequel to funny girl oh,
0: yeah wow. okay wow
1: he's the main love interest in that and then there's you know harry and walter go to new york which is almost kind of this kind of fraud comedy with elliot gould and there's the killer elite with robert duvall i mean it just and there's lest, co- lest we co-
0: forget he was the dad and elf
1: is the, which is you know bizarrely when we're watching i'm watching with my daughter you know hey that's the dad and elf <laughs> so i i yeah I, I don't think he he gets i mean certainly for santino you know he, he has gotten you know sure. all of the accolades he deserves but i, I encourage people to check out you know The rest of his recently we watched Lady in a Cage, which is like I think his like first like major role with Olivia de Havilland and he does play like this Oh my god. I yeah, I can't recommend Lady in a Cage enough. It is it is fantastic. And is like one of like a real early, I think fairly influential of like the home invasion movies. Oh,
0: okay.
1: And he's a bastard in it. Oh, he's fantastic
0: though. He
1: he is absolutely fantastic. You know, a
0: few pl- people play the bastard like James Caan. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: But he also yeah, absolutely.
0: So. But but it's um, because he can do it so well because he has that charisma where you you're rooting for him the whole time.
1: Yeah, and you know, yeah, and again, like, yeah, like yeah, these these are characters you shouldn't be rooting for, and and you do.
0: It's like well, you know, when he took over as Don briefly, it was like. He's an awful Don, but I still wanted to succeed.
1: He absolutely <laughs> wanted to succeed. He's a terrible Don. Vito Vito says it later on.
0: Yeah. He's a terrible Don. And yeah, by the way, my kid sucked at the job, but you know, the other one's pretty good.
1: Yeah, you know, and just uh, yeah, and and the way he reacts to his sister being beaten up by her husband, yes. you know, you're just like, oh. Isn't that sweet? He's going into a murderous rage.
0: <laughs> He's smacking him in the face with a trash can lid.
1: Oh, isn't Aww, that lovely? Oh,
0: yeah. look at him bite his hand.
1: Oh, and I think he <laughs> actually he actually broke that actor's ribs. During that scene. I, I,
0: I had read that those two actually hated each other on the set. And, yeah. <laughs> and that, that it was a bit cathartic for, for James Caan
1: to do that no yeah Mm. i think he did but yeah if you've seen you've seen the screen test that de niro did yes i mean my god it would have been such a completely different character had de niro like de niro in that screen test has so much intensity whereas you know james khan just gave it that that levity which which actually comes across in the book too like that character has that levity in the book
0: um, yeah he's that he he grasped yeah he's not a he's not a michael
1: no not at all oh and i do want to say so my daughter's 11 Mm -hmm. i've come i've come to the sad conclusion that she does not love movies as much as my husband and i do (laughs) but she she will she will begrudgingly watch them Mm -hmm. you know so we watch the godfather and and most movies what you know what, what do you think of it and her response is Eh, it's all right. So yeah. that, that's what she said, and she said that about the Godfather. It's all right. And like, well, what you know? Tell me what you liked about it. And the first thing she said was, well, "I like Sunny." It's
0: so your daughter.
1: It, it has the eleven-year-old feel of approval that performance. The, the, so. That's
0: all that matters, though, right? Yeah. I was it, actually it, exactly going to add. I I did enjoy your 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 Little Miss Movies um, show with her. Um, <laughs> yeah. Her her reaction to it was great. I I loved that. You know, she basically references everything off of The Simpsons.
1: Yeah, that is how, <laughs> at this point, we get my daughter to watch films. It's like, well, you know what? If you watch it, you will understand this episode of The Simpsons way more. And that usually works. That is <laughs> how we have gotten her to. It, it is so bizarre that that these kids, now that The Simpsons is on Disney+, Plus, like all of these, my, my daughter and her friends, during the pandemic, all discovered The Simpsons and love it. Absolutely love it. And so there are, yeah, all these references. That was how we got her to watch The Godfather <laughs> without too much, uh, too much squawking. I
0: I, 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 appreciate your daughter's sacrifice to for us to discuss this show on this show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, will, will, are you going to uh, eventually subject her to part two?
1: Absolutely, Good. I was ready to watch part two like the next day, and then and then like right <laughs> after we watched our like really bad fifteen year old copy was when they I think they announced the four K was coming. Out. Yes. Oh, I'll, I'll wait until the four K comes. Heck yeah, she has to watch part two. Awesome. Oh my god, are you kidding? Absolutely. Awesome. Um, right. And and I do and I do have to just point out briefly that my 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 sister did name her son my nephew Santino.
0: I named my my cat Sonny.
1: See, he, he, all these years later, fifty years later, fifty years later, we're and still naming Sunny children still... and
0: cats after Santino Corleone. I mean, that's as
1: as we should be.
0: And so I is, I mean, we're we're going to. I, I'm about ready to wrap up. But is there anything else you want to talk about? About I mean, if you want to keep going about Sunny, go ahead. But is there anything else, wanna to... <laughs> I think
1: I probably said about as much about Sunny as I could. <laughs> <laughs> The one other thing I wanted to point out was the guy who played Carlo started yeah. a line of pasta sauces, of Corleone <laughs> pasta sauces, oh, wow. and Genco olive oil, um, okay. and they're and they're pretty good. There, there is there oh. is actually a a, a a clemenza flavored pasta sauce that you can buy that I do think has a little. I don't bit of sugar know if I want to
0: Yeah, I was just I don't know if I want to know what clemenza tastes like, but you know, <laughs> a little bit of sugar. A little That's bit of the sugar. Trick. Okay, yeah. That's the key. Yeah, so that's how Michael got his diabetes. is all
1: so, yes, it was Clemenza's. It was <laughs> pasta sauce. Yeah, I do think it's you know fifty years later, you know, a guy could watch a line of Godfather pasta sauces, and you know, it, it was it, it was sold out at Christmas time.
0: <laughs> well, unless he like releases like you know the James Conn bit my hand flavor of marinara, you know. <laughs>
1: Again, missed opportunities. <laughs> it is. There's
0: several missed opportunities in this. But before we go, though, I do want to ask you yeah. about your Star Trek thing.
1: Oh, my Star Trek comic. Yes, that that yes. sounds awesome.
0: What what what's this one about? Or what what what's the what are you yeah? Yeah. Well, so I you
1: know I. I once everything with Jane died down and I I wrote my little pony comics for a few years, I think I wrote like over 25 issues of that and ponies had kind of died down. And so I got in contact with my editor at IDW and said, well, you know, I know ponies is gone, but yeah, you're looking for writers. And they said, you know, we need star Trek. (laughs) And I said, okay, what, what do you need? And um, they're doing a series of double issues that are um, one shots uh, relating to aliens and that was it they said just pitch us a story with any alien species that's not Klingon because somebody already did that um and I so I pitched Ferengi that was like the you know I I wanted to do something that was a little bit more um like female centric and Mm -hmm. the the Ferengi like naturally came to mind because of Quark's mom Ishka was always trying to liberate the, the 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 female Ferengis who are kind of like slaves on that planet and so um Yeah, so this is an issue I wrote. It's supposed to come out in April, and it's um, Quark finds out that his mom is kind of running almost like an underground railroad to get women off of Ferengenar and into the Gamma Quadrant. Cool. So I had a blast writing that. It was so much fun. Well,
0: I'm looking forward Um, to reading that one. Awesome. Thank
1: you. Yeah, and the, the Andy Price, who was um, he was one of the main artists on on the My Little Pony comic, so I never got to work with. He's doing the artwork on this one, cool. and and you can go online and see the cover. The cover is fantastic.
0: All right, so, I will. Um, I will definitely. Yeah. Pick so it's that this up.
1: really, yeah, it was just kind of this unexpected, um, yeah, opportunity to contribute a little something to to the, to the Star Trek universe. So I'm excited.
0: That's awesome. Oh, Christina, yeah. thank you. I'm glad we could finally do this.
1: <laughs> this was so much fun. Thank you. I, know, but I don't know if anybody else would have ever asked me to do this, so I really appreciate it.
0: <laughs> well, anytime. You're <laughs>
1: welcome.
0: All right. Many thanks to Christina for this fantastic chat and for being my first return guest and for giving me an excuse to rewatch one of the greatest films of all time for the... I don't know, 25th, 30, somewhere mid to high double digits rewatch time. And for an excuse to read the novel for the first time. I had never, I don't know why I never read it. I was, oh well, I've done a lot of stupid things in my life. That was one of them. I'm glad I got the chance to finally read it. Uh, so anyhow, thank you again, Christina. And be sure to check out her work at her website, ChristinaRiceWrites.com and connect with her on Twitter at Christina Rice. As ever, if you'd like to shout, scream, swear, say hi, or otherwise, my email is www.parentheticalrecluse.com. And you can check out earlier episodes of this show, as well as part one of our conversation at parentheticalrecluse.com slash pod. And don't forget, you can subscribe to future episodes via Apple Podcasts, RSS, or your preferred podcast app. See you next time.